heart at one table, worshiping you, the one and true Lord. And as we do that, God, we join with those that are across this community of Rock Hill, the state of South Carolina, and the United States as we lift up our voices in praise unto you. And God, I pray that you would receive those voices and those praises as a sweet incense unto you. As we have invited your spirit, your spirit, your Holy Spirit, God, into this presence already. God, I pray, dear Lord, that we would allow your spirit to move within our hearts and our lives and transform us today to be the person that you would have for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I do have a few announcements for you. Uh, so in the uh, announcements, we have uh, Vacation Bible School, of course, is starting up pretty soon. So please be mindful of that. Uh, there is a uh, box that's in the foyer that is there for supplies, but there's also a box that's sitting over on the other table because there are some things that we need money for. Uh, so if you would uh, you know, support Vacation Bible School, please uh, you know, go to either one of those two spots that's there. Also, I want to thank everyone for uh, moving into the new hours that we have, the new times. Uh, you know, so I thank everybody for being here. Sunday school this morning started at 9 this morning. And then, of course, the service uh, you know, started at 10.10. So those are good times for us. Uh, and we uh, worship and we praise God in those as we continue to, uh, you know, to worship one another here in this place. And God, I, you know, I thank each one of y'all for that support. Okay, So are we ready to worship and to praise God? Most of y'all are already standing, so I don't have to say that, but go ahead, let's stand. Okay, as uh, you know, Kelly leads us in our praise this morning. Amen. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Let's sing that little chorus again, would you? Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. and 
his love for us this morning. Aren't you? I'm so glad I have a Savior that he's there with us every day. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And you're wondering why I'm wearing glasses. My board back there is not working, so I'm going out to hymn book. So I'll have to wear my glasses. But God is good to us, folks. Isn't he? Are you, are you, glad, are you glad to be here this morning? Well, notify your face. Come on, smile at me. Hey, man, I get a smile out of you anyway. God is good to us, folks, and we're here just to lift him up and praise him for what he's done for us. Isn't it great? We are able to meet together again. One service. Well, glory. I like it, don't you? Hey, man, sing his old hymn with me. sheltered me and Susan because you know a man's going to be somewhere at a certain time and we we got to get there but sometimes he'll hold us up get a traffic jam or, or something like that and come to find out 10 minutes down the road there was a wreck and I would have been right into it he, he protects us folks 
His protection is with us all the time. I love these old songs. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be right there with you. Isn't that great? Amen. I'm getting, getting excited now because God is good to us. Amen. Sing this third verse with me. came in this morning expecting his presence to be with us and all he asked is that we are to serve him and give him praise amen sing this little chorus with me I will serve given life to us. Uh, the altar is open for you this morning if you have something that you would like to bring to God. But we also have the boxes that are here that's going to our missions and uh, you know work that's, this, uh, that's going on this summer. And we're going to pray over these boxes. So uh, you know, just come and be a part of and you can pray for those with us as well. 
If I can have some ladies to come and join Wanda uh, as uh, she has a um, she has a need uh, of prayer in her family. Uh, just be and just come in with that. nephew and her husband her his wife um, is uh, going through a difficult time so just pray for them right now dear heavenly father we come to you at this time and God we asked God that you would minister to us and God we thank you for allowing us to be here and to gather together. God, we thank you that your spirit, your Lord, that your Holy Spirit, he is moving in our midst. And God, I pray, God, as we are lifting and crying up to you, God, that he would move in our lives. And God, that we would allow him free access into all parts of our lives. God, I pray, dear Lord, that we would be obedient, dear Lord, today. That we would hear what you would have for us to hear. And that we would listen and move us to action today. God, these ones that have made their way to the altar, God, I pray that you would be with them. God, I pray that you would be with Wanda and her family, God, and all the struggles that they're going through right now. God, I pray that you would be with her nephew and his wife and, and the situation there. You know what it is. God, I pray that they would feel your presence and your peace right now. God, I pray that you would be with the Cottle family, dear Lord, as they lost their daughter this you know, this week. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would cover them with your grace and your mercy. And God, that your strength would be holding them up and that your peace would be present in their life. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, again, for us being able to come to you. God, I pray that you would be with us, the ones that are here. God, as we are calling out to you, God, you hear each and every word that is said. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would respond, dear Lord. And God, that we would be obedient to that response as well. And we would receive your word from us today. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would hide me behind your cross. And God, the words that I say this morning will be your words. But God, I pray that the ears would be open and the hearts would be softened to receive the word that you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. And those that are here, I don't want you to move too far because we're going to go into praying over the boxes. Dear Heavenly Father, we do call out right now, and God, we pray for each one of these boxes. But God, we pray for the lives that's going to receive the things that's here. God, the people that are in West Virginia that needs the baby clothes or that needs the food, that needs the, all the products, dear Lord, and stuff that has been brought in from this church. God, I pray that you would be with those and that you would bless those. And God, as there's churches across this uh, district of South Carolina, God, that's doing the same thing right now, God, I pray that you would bless those as well. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the hands that have provided this the ones that brought in items, the ones that donated the money. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless each and every one of those as well. And God, we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. would like to uh, read the card. Um, Shannon, uh, the uh, missionary that came in, um, uh, you know, to the church, she wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, that you knew that she was thankful for, uh, you know, for hosting her and having her here and for all the food that was given uh, and for the contributions that was given so that she could go back uh, into the mission field and she wanted to thank you for that but most of all she wanted to thank you for your prayers uh, and support uh, in her mission and ministry that God has truly called her into so uh, you know thank you uh, you know 
for that and for your obedience to God. So I uh, just wanted to let you know about the card, the thank you card that she sent to us. This morning, I want to take you into a familiar passage, although we, we a lot of, most of the time, we actually quote and we talk about the last verse in this particular passage of Scripture, but there's a lot for us to look at uh, you know, before we get to that verse. But let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to be looking at verses 19 through 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Now, whenever you're, as you're turning there, I'm going to have to say this, and, and this is somewhat of an apology to the athletes and to uh, you know our uh, NFL football players and even the uh, you know the soccer uh, you know players and stuff that I have bashed over the years. Uh, you know, but I, I kind of got another look and a different look at, uh, at this, uh, you know, throughout this week. And I, I'm going to give you an analogy, and I want you to understand that all analogies will fall short at some point in time, but I think this is a great analogy for us in this particular passage of Scripture. So whenever we're looking at this, and the way that I bash the football players, and it's both uh, you know NFL and the soccer, which they would say they were the real football, and, and ours really isn't football. But however you want to deal with it, it's football. But I, I really have a problem whenever the uh, you know the defensive lineman breaks through and sacks the quarterback and then he jumps up and he runs 10 yards further down the field and he's beating his chest and pointing at himself and let me you know how great of a job I've done I'm like man we're paying you millions of dollars to do that just do your job right and, and that it and then you watch do any of y'all here watch soccer or you know soccer the real football uh, you know, they score a goal and they absolutely just go nuts. And if you watch it, you understand why they just go nuts because there's not that many goals ever scored. So whenever one is scored, man, it's a tremendous thing. But you have this player that runs almost the entire field and then starts sliding on his knees and rips his shirt off in celebration of scoring a goal. I'm like, really? Is it all that? Uh, you know, I'm like, come on. Uh, but the thing about it is, is, whenever we think about this, these people have been preparing all of their lives for this moment. Uh, you know, the you know football, in, you know NFL football players. Uh, you know, they start off somewhere around seven or eight years of age playing football, working out, and they go through high school, they go through college, they play sports. You know, fall leagues or uh, you know. Summer leagues and all this stuff here. I mean, every single day of their life is football. So whenever they accomplish something that they have been working so hard to do, yes, they want to celebrate. You know, so it gives us a new understanding that whenever they're celebrating, they're celebrating the accomplishment that they have been working so hard in their lives to be able to do. But have you noticed at the end of the game, whenever they interview the player about this particular you know, you know, play that he did or how, you know, how great of a game he had, he will always mention the other players. You notice that? Yes, whenever that play goes on and it's over with and he jumps up for joy because he has accomplished what he'd been trying so hard to do, he celebrates it. But at the end of it, it's a team celebration. You know, you listen to the interviews of the team that won the Super Bowl. They said at the beginning of the season, we began to prepare for this particular game. Everything that we have done up to this moment in time was to get us right here, right where we are. And then they celebrated. As a team. Hopefully you have the analogy. If you don't have the analogy. Let's go into the passage of scripture. Because in, in Hebrews chapter 10. 
beginning with verse 19. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and with, a full, with the full assurance that faith brings. Having a heart sprinkled clean from, the, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed pure with pure water. Let us hold unwaverly to the hope we profess, for he will promise, or for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encourage one another and all the more as the day sees or as you see the day approaching. And the day is capitalized because the author is talking about the judgment day or the day whenever Jesus Christ returns to bring us home or to bring the church back home. Or not back home, but bring the church to heaven with him. So that is the day that it's talking about here. But whenever we look at this particular passage of Scripture, there's two exaltations that it's telling us that needs to happen. Now whenever we look at this, it says, Brothers and sisters, since, you, since we have confidence to enter the most holy of places by the blood of Jesus... There should be an amen there. Because we are all able to enter into the holiest place because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of his sacrifice on the cross. You remember scripture says that whenever Jesus breathed his last breath, that the curtain or the veil that separated the holy of holies from the rest of the church, from the rest of that place, that it was ripped from top to bottom. It was because of the tearing or the ripping or the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and him dying as the sacrifice for us that no more is there a sacrifice needed for us to enter into the holy of holies. Whew. Man, isn't that great? I don't have to kill an animal to be able to be in the presence of God Almighty. I can be in the line at Walmart and I can be in the presence of God Almighty because Jesus Christ is living within me because of the sacrifice that he has given. Wow, that is the confidence that we walk into and that we live in this life. It's that confidence of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The author of Hebrews is telling us where our faith comes from. Wednesday night, you got an extra dose of this. We really got into this and we really discussed and talked about the fact that our faith comes because we know what Jesus Christ has done. And we know who he is. We are confident in that. Now, there's some things in Scripture and there's some things that happen that we just will never know until we meet Jesus in heaven. And that is the faith. Our faith is in those things that we don't know, but we have confidence in all of the things that we do know. And we know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We know that He, was, that he got His seal of approval from God the Father, whenever he was baptized. 
Did you notice whenever he was baptized, Jesus had never performed a miracle before God the Father said, This is my son who I am very well pleased. It wasn't the miracles that God's pleased with. It's the fact of his obedience that Jesus Christ did exactly what the Father had asked him and called him to do. Abraham wasn't righteous, and God said, since you're righteous, I'm going to call you out. God made Abraham righteous because he followed God's will. And whenever God called him from Ur, he followed God. And that is what made him righteous. And it's because of that trust and that knowledge that now today we're able to live and to walk in that confidence. It's not a maybe so. It's not an I hope so. It's an I know so faith. I know that he has provided everything for me. It's not that I hope that he's the one that's done that. I hope that he's going to provide for me tomorrow. It's I know that he's going to provide for me tomorrow. Because he's done it yesterday. And he's done it two or three months ago. I know that he's going to do that. So we have that confidence. But because we have that confidence, what are we supposed to do? Oh, come on. We're supposed to draw near to him. The one that we have our confidence in is calling us, draw near to me. Draw near to me because I have so much more for you. If you think the blessings that I gave you yesterday is good, wait for today. Draw near to me. Oh, man. I want you to think about this. Over 90% of the New Testament was written to the church. It was written to the church. It wasn't written to you as an individual. It was written to the church as a body. Now, yes, I understand and I know that we are the church, as in my body. Is the church. But whenever Paul writes, and whenever the authors of the Old Testament or the New Testament writes, they are writing to the congregation of the church. So whenever we draw together, it's not using it as a plural, as in me, myself, and I. It's using it as a plural, as in we, the whole body of Christ draws near to God. You and I as the church draw close to God. And we draw close to God because of the confidence that we all have because of what he has done for us. The we that is talked about is not me, the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, and God. You get it? It's the we, as in me, Dean, Beth, Darla, Wanda, Chris, Billy, Steve, Terry, all of you, all of us. That's the we. So we can't miss this. Right? We, we can't miss this. Whenever I do something good, when I do something good, I get the opportunity to come in front of you guys and celebrate. Right? Man, that's just like the football player. That ran in and sacked the quarterback, right? 
I did what God had called me to do. Now I get to celebrate it amongst my teammates. Whew, man. Pastor, that's a really good analogy. Thank you very much. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But do you see, we've been working all of our lives for this. We've been following God for this opportunity to, to witness to someone. We've been listening, we've been reading, we've been praying, we've been listening to the Holy Spirit so that I would be able to listen to somebody, so that they would be able to follow and to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And whenever they do that, I'm supposed to celebrate, right? Woo! Praise Lord! Whenever one of my friends is struggling with alcohol, and I'm able to experience where they have victory for a month, or they have victory for a year. I get to celebrate with them. Right? But wait a minute, the passage of Scripture tells us that we're supposed to do what? Spur them on to do great things. So that means whenever I'm sitting there and Glenda is talking to somebody about coming to church, I get to celebrate with her because God is in her life and she is standing firm on what God has given to her and she is inviting them to come and know the same person that she knows. I'm sorry, Jackie. See, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to spur people on. But one of the things about it is, is to spur people on, we have to meet together. (laughs) I can't spur you on if I don't see you. you I'm really good at sending text messages. I send text messages to people. I sent text messages, prayers to at least 10 people this morning. But it's nothing like seeing them face to face. It's nothing like talking to them one on one. Right? You know, the passage of Scripture goes on and it tells us that we should draw near to God. But it says, let us draw near to Him. And whenever we draw near to Him, there's a reason for us to draw near to Him. We draw near to Him so that we can be encouraged by Him. The drawing near gives us this this understanding that whenever we draw near, that we draw near with a pure heart. With a pure heart. In other words, that means that I draw near to Him because I want to be near to Him, not because I want to get something from Him. Right? (laughs) That's just like us as kids whenever we go to our dad because we need some money. So that we can go to the convenience store and buy a Coke or something. For those from up north, buy pop. For those of you down south, soda. However you want to say it. But we go to our dad because that's what we want. We want something from him. Whenever we go to God with a pure heart, we just simply go so that we can be near him. Not get anything from him so that we can be near him. But the pure heart has to be genuine. For us to truly grow and to hold on to what he has and to be able to hold on, we have to have the pure heart that's genuine, that's genuinely after him. That's genuinely asking What's your will for me to do? 
How many times do we go to God and we ask, God, you know, whatever your will is for me, as long as it looks this way. Right? God, I want to do your will. I'll tell everybody about you as long as I can be in this place. If I get this job, I'll have enough money to give to the church and to praise you. Now, are we praying and asking for God's will with a genuine heart? We're just asking God to come alongside of our lives and kind of help us with the things that we want. That's, that's not genuinely coming to Him. We draw near to Him with a pure heart, a sincere heart. But that pure heart, that sincere heart, is also with full assurance of faith. I, you know, I, I, I really wished that Mason would have been able to be here today. We all been praying for, uh, you know, baby Mason and been praying for Allison. This month has been a really difficult month for Mason and for Allison and all the things that's going on. And whenever I think about this, for the family, for Mason, you remember Jesus asked a lame man as he was laying at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be healed? Kind of sounds foolish, right? For, you know, for a lame man, and Jesus to ask him, do you, do you want to be healed? We can pray all we want to pray about Jesus healing us. But if we don't truly have faith that he'll heal us, then it's not going to happen. We have to ask that question. Do you truly want to be healed? Because Jesus is the only one that can do it. Do you have faith enough in Jesus Christ to accept the healing? Oh, pastor, wait a minute. I have faith in God. But he hasn't healed me yet. Uh, you know, see, we have to have faith in his healing. But we also have to have faith in his purpose. Because his purpose for you might not be to be healed. But we still have to come to him with the faith that he's doing what needs to be done. I prayed for my mom to be healed from breast cancer. Now, mom would tell you that she was healed from breast cancer. But she had surgery anyway. <laughs> She's now 28 years breast cancer survivor. I prayed for my dad to be healed. Within a year of my dad having the diagnosis of cancer, he was dead. Faith doesn't heal. God heals. But we have faith in the will be done. I say that because I don't want anyone to ever think that I think that Allison and Mason or the family doesn't have enough faith in Jesus Christ to heal Mason. But it's whether it's God's will or not. Our will is for him to be healed. But we have to accept what God wants. I can't see in my notes now. <laughs> Our faith 
and our heart. The scripture talks about this and it says, Having our hearts sprinkled clean from the guilty conscience. It goes on and it says, And having our bodies washed with pure water. Talking about baptism. Having our hearts washed and cleansed from the guilt of the sin that has stained our lives. The heart that it's talking about, the heart often represents as our inner life or the inner life of the person, which this involves our thought, our will. Our emotion and our character is all in our heart. And it says that it must be a pure heart or a sincere heart, which is a real heart, a genuine heart, a loyal heart. And therefore, if we are and we draw near to God, God will draw near to us and we will feel in our lives that our bodies and stuff that we are a new life and a living life that we have through Jesus Christ. That's only the first three verses. Because <laughs> see, it goes on and then it says that we need to encourage one another. We need to spur one another on. That's the hardest thing for us to do, isn't it? Why do you want to see someone succeed as you struggle? Oh, oh wait a minute. Does that mean that I'm struggling? Well, you know, Church, right? The all overall church. Why does the overall church, why does this church want to see another church succeed as we're struggling? Why do we want to encourage them on? Why do we want to encourage them on? Because it's not about the church. It's about the kingdom of God. It's not about Rock Hill First Church. It's about the kingdom of God. Now I'm not giving all, each and every one of y'all permission to go to another church. To, and to, you know, to, uh, right? Uh, you know. But see, we also spur one another on within the body of Christ because the stronger they are, the stronger we are. The closer to God they are, the closer to God I am. But we have to be willing to help one another. Uh, but then the, you have to also look on the other shoe. You have to be willing to be helped. There's a lot of people that walk this earth moping, sad, hurt, discouraged. Because they won't let anyone else know that they're hurting. That they're struggling in their life. They don't want to let them know. Because then they look weak. For the last four weeks, we've been talking about community. We've been talking about the body of Christ and how the, the first church met in homes and how they uplifted people and how they ate with people. Uh, you know, and they did it daily. 
last Sunday, I, I talked, and, and yes, most of last Sunday's message was about all the people that had poured into my life and how those people pouring into my life affected my ministry. If we come to church and then we don't allow someone else to pour into our lives, then we're not doing what God has asked us or called us to do or to be. See, he's saying that we need to encourage. It says, let us encourage one another. Let us encourage one another. That doesn't mean come into church, you know, two or three minutes before the service starts. And then a minute after the service, you're in the car and it's cooling off and you're headed down the road. That, that's not the church. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really meddling. I also want to talk to you, and let's go into verse 25, because this is one of the verses that pastors and, and people that's trying to grow churches really dig into, and, and they, they talk about this a lot. So let's look at it. It says, not giving up, meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So it says, not to give up meeting together. Now I want you to grab a hold of this because this is to the church. As the whole, do not allow yourselves to get into the habit of not meeting together. That we need to come and we need to meet together so that we can encourage one another. So that we can help one another to do good things and not evil things. To do good for others. To do good and to have good things in our lives. This passage of scripture says, as some are in the habit of doing. This is talking to the new church or the first church. The first church would have been dealing with a lot with a lot of persecution, wouldn't they? See, they met in homes because it was easier to hide in homes from the Roman government. And the soldiers, it was also easier for them to hide in the homes from the chief priest and from their guards because of the persecution. Then it's saying here that the persecution was getting so bad that even though they were meeting in homes, that there were some people afraid to meet in homes because they would still be captured. So what's he saying to us? Regardless if you're going to lose your life, you still need to gather together. Not forsaken the assembly. Now we're not persecuted, but we're inconvenienced. Did y'all like that? We're inconvenienced. The pandemics came through. Had a phone call about a month ago. And I was talking with a shipping company. And, and I'm not going to get too deep into it. But I ordered something. And the day that I ordered it, they took my money. Three weeks later, they still haven't shipped me the product. And they said it's due to the pandemic. I'm like, well, due to the pandemic, it, wasn't, it didn't take you too long to take my money. But it's taking you an awful long time to give me my stuff back, or to give me my stuff. 
right? Uh, you know, where's the pandemic? The problem with the pandemic is, is that it's over with, but we're still sitting at home not doing what God has called us to do. We're still sitting at home watching preachers preach because we don't have to respond to those messages. I'm standing here as a preacher that's online right now bashing the people watching me online. No, I'm sorry. I'm not bashing you because I I told you, look, if you can make it to the campus, if you can come to the church, come to the church. If you can't, keep watching me online. Ladies, gentlemen, the day is coming soon for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is coming back. We have the confidence of that because he said it in Scripture and because he has proven that he's going to do everything that he has already said. He's coming back. Are you ready? For him to come back. Have you forsaken the assembly of God? Now I'm not talking just about on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, or Wednesday nights. Because I know you're not coming to those. We got 70 or 80 people possibly here today. On tonight we're going to have 11 or 12. On Wednesday nights we might have 14. So I know you're not coming to those. But next month, we're coming to you. We have four community groups that will be starting. Go to the one closest to your house. Gather with like-minded people. Learn about what God has for you. Spur on one another. Encourage one another. I encourage you, go to one of these other homes. Listen to somebody else teach you God's Word. It's not just me. Go to these homes. Encourage one another. Go to these homes. Be encouraged. Be the church that God has truly called us to be, that gathers Every single day of the week. Not forsaking the gathering together of like-minded people. Oh, man. I wanted to look over here at Kelly, but uh, you know, this is good stuff, isn't it? This is, this is scripture. This is what God has orchestrated in the way that he has designed his church to be. Now it's in your ballpark. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to allow other people to pour into your life? Are you going to gather together with like-minded people throughout the week and study God's Word daily? Are you going to truly be the church that God has called us to be? We have four couples that have said, I'll do it. We have a fifth one. Because on, on Monday nights, you can come to the apartment complex and you can hear me again if you want to. But we have four other people, four other places for us to go and to grow, to meet together. I want to close with that phrase that I kind of hit you with there. It's not in my notes or anything like that, so we'll do this anyway. 
the ball's in your court. What are you going to do? Are you going to be obedient to God? Or are you just simply going to continue to do what you've always done? It's up to you. Let's everyone stand. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord, so much for the words that you have given to us. God, I pray, dear Lord, as we continue to walk forward in this, God, that you would be with us as your church, as your body. God, that you would bless this. God, that you would bless each home and each person that goes to these groups. God, that we would grow your kingdom. God, I pray, dear Lord, that we would hold on. We would hold on to the confidence of what you have told us, what you have given to us. And God, we would do this with a sincere heart. And that we would meet together to encourage one another, to celebrate with one another. In Jesus' name, amen.